الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحج اشهر معلومات فمن فرض فيهن الحج فلا رفث ولا فسوق ولا جدال في الحج وما تفعلوا من خير يعلمه الله وتزودوا فإن خير الزاد التقوى واتقون يا أولي الألباب صدق الله العظيم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أبا ذر ألا أخبرك بعملين خفيف مؤونتهما عظيم أجرهما لم تلقى الله بمثلهما فقال بلا يا رسول الله فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الصمت وحسن الخلق أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Respected ulamai kiram, elders, beloved brothers in Islam as we are aware the fifth pillar of Islam an ibadat or a pillar of Islam the benefits of which we cannot possibly quantify very very interestingly we find in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enumerates in front of us certain benefits with regards to the other pillars of Islam for example salah today we very often I'm digressing but we very often hear the TV the internet social media behayai shamelessness in every direction there is such a culture of shamelessness that one feels that it is almost impossible to be protected how do I preserve my Iman how do I preserve my Deen look at the challenges that are facing the youth Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran gave us one nuskha and one prescription Allah ta'ala says inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar inna salata tanha anil fahshai wal munkar and this is Quran وَمَنْ أَسْتَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا وَمَنْ أَسْتَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا There is no one more truthful than Allah. Allah says perform your salah. When Quran commands us with salah, it's not just discharging of salah. It is أَقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ Salah with jamaat in the masjid. Salah with khushu and khudu. Salah with devotion and concentration. Salah with the correct effort on Salah. What will happen? Tanha anil fahshai wal munkar. Allah says, I have given you one protective system. I have given you 
one wasila, one means, one medium which will protect you from all types of fahsha, shamelessness and munkarat and haram. So whatever media, whatever science, whatever technology throws at us throughout the ages till Qiyamah in the form of bekhayai and shamelessness and these temptations that are there around us, this breaking down of the barrier, the gender barrier between males and females, etc. Whatever the challenges are, Allah has given us one prescription, perform salah correctly and we will protect you. Likewise, when it comes to zakat, certain benefits are mentioned about zakat in the Quran. Allah says, خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا وَسَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ Crux of this, if you will discharge your zakah, we will protect your wealth. If you will discharge your salah, we will purify your wealth. So these are the benefits of salah, of zakat. Fasting, كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمُ السِّيَامِ كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Allah says, fasting has been prescribed for you. What is the benefit that Qur'an tells us amongst the multitudes of benefits? What is highlighted in the Qur'an? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ You will become muttaqi. You will become, you will get taqwa. Your relationship with Allah will be established. As I mentioned, these are certain benefits linked to the pillars of Islam which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has highlighted, enumerated in the Qur'an. When it comes to hajj, what is the benefit of hajj? لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ This is such an azim, such an auspicious ibadat. That here, salah tanhaan al-fahshai wal-munkar. Fasting la'allakum tattaqoon. Zakat. But when it comes for Hajj, لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ Allah says you will witness through Hajj many, many benefits. Many, many promises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not one or two like I highlighted with the other pillars of Islam. مَنَافِعَ Too many to count. So this is such an azim ibadat. We are, mashallah, most of the hujjaj have returned or are in the process of returning. What is the sabaq? What is the lesson? What, should, what is the takeaway? On the one hand, on the one hand, this is Allah's delegation. They have represented the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-Hujjaj wal-Ummah wafdullah. The haji is Allah's delegation. They have drunk to, the, to their fill from the cup of Allah's love. Like the poet says, Allah kulli zuwari daril habib. Allah kulli zuwari daril habib. Haniyan lakum bil jinanil khuludi. Afidhu alayna min al ma'i fayda. Fanahnu utashun wa antum murudu. How beautifully he sums this up. This refers to the verse of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Arafah. In this verse of the Qur'an, there is a beautiful analogy or terminology which Qur'an uses. Allah says, فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ When the haji leaves Arafah, haji is Arafah. 
Once the wukuf of Arafah has taken place, the hajj has occurred. Now that the hajj has occurred, Allah says, فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ Technically, for those who are familiar with Arabic, this word doesn't fit in this context. The hajis, what do they do after Arafah? They leave Arafah. خَرَجْتُمْ ذَهَبْتُمْ مَشَيْتُمْ Walk, leave, come out of Arafah. Allah uses the word ifada فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ Now ifada technically means creates a meaning of something that is overflowing. In other words, when you overflow from Arafah. What does it mean? One explanation Mufassirin give. They say this, if you take an aerial view of Arafah, 1.82 million hajis leaving this piece of ground, it looks like a river that is overflowing, a sea of humanity. فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ When you overflow from Arafah. But they mention there is a deeper meaning. The haji has reached Arafah. He's reached the pinnacle of his hajj. All this involved what? Medina Munawwara. It involved Kaabatullah. It involved Makkah Mukarramah. It involved Mina. What has happened? He has connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His heart is brimming over with the love of Allah. فَإِذَا أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ Now that love of Allah, that ta'alluq with Allah, that nur of Kaabatullah, which you have drunk to your full with and your heart is now full with it. أَفَضْتُمْ مِنْ عَرَفَاتِ Take it, take it and let it overflow in the four corners of the world. Coming back to this poem, Allah, say to the one who has visited the home of my beloved. Mubarak to you. Glad tidings to you of a jannat which is forever and ever. Why? Rasulullah said, Al Hajjul Mabru That the Hajj Mabru, there is no return but Jannat. Give us some of the water, sprinkle some of the water towards us also. Why? You have drunk to your fill from the cup of Allah's love. We are thirsty. Allah didn't take us. Allah blessed you. Allah took you. So that water which Allah has given you, you have drunk to your fill from the cup of Allah's love, Allah's ta'alluq. Now spread it upon the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us this dua and he made this dua. Allahumma ghfir lil haj wa liman istaghfara lahul haj. Oh Allah, forgive the haji and forgive everyone on whose behalf the haji asks for forgiveness. This is why we are taught, meet the hujjaj, read the dua, ghafar allahu dhambak, qabila hajjak. Get their du'as, make du'a for them. Let this be a reunion. They have represented the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And coming back to the point, my respected brothers, لِيَشْهَدُوا مَنَافِعَ لَهُمْ Allah says there are many, many benefits in hajj. Occasion of Juma time is limited. One particular benefit we want to highlight. Why? The verse of the Quran which I recited in the beginning. Ajeeb. 
Quran is ajeeb. Quran is bahlullah sahila lahu. It's a limitless ocean. We can't even scratch the surface, the jewels, the pearls that are contained in Kalamullah. When Allah Ta'ala refers to the tying of the ihram, Hajj is over now. The ihram has been opened. Hajjis have come out of the ihram. In fact, they've come back home. Question we have to ask ourselves, is it now chutti? Do we go back to the life we were living before? What is the requirement? On their behalf, on behalf of the entire ummah, come back to this verse. Allah says, فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجِّ The one who has tied the ihram of hajj, made hajj, farz upon himself by tying the ihram. He has entered into ihram. Three prohibitions of ihram are mentioned in this verse. فَلَا رَفَثْ وَلَا فُسُوق وَلَا جِدَالَ فِي الْحَجِّ لَا رَفَثْ Let there be no speech of sexual innuendo. In other words, what we call Behuda Kalam, Fuhash Kalam. Control your speech. Particularly the word Rafas refers to speech of sexual innuendo. But the broader meaning, La Rafas, control the tongue. Control the tongue. You have tied the ihram. You have tied the ihram. Be very, very careful about what you speak. No sexual innuendo. And with that, no ghibat. No blaspheming. No hurting the feelings of others. Be very, very careful about what you speak. La rafat. Wala fusuk. Fusuk, broader. Although rafat is contained in fusuk, broader meaning. Let there be no major sins. Before hajj, if you were not making your salah regularly, it must not be like that after hajj. If you are involved in any type of major sin, whether it is fornication, whether it is riba, whatever it may be, whatever is what we call kabira guna, whatever we call major sins, la fusuk, you have tied the ihram, let there be no fusuk, let there be no major sins. And third prohibition, wala jidal, wala jidal. Today Allah forgive us. This third prohibition of the ihram has become, instead of the exception, it has become the norm. Allah says, let there be no fighting. Let there be no disunity. Whether it's husband and wife, whether it's brother and brother, whether it's brother and nephew, whether it's family members, whether it's Muslim ummah, whether it's friends, whether it is even the learned fraternity of the ummah. What has happened today, we have become a cauldron of disunity, a cauldron of dispute. Each one is attacking the next one. Each one wants to do put down the next one. There's no love, there's no muhabbat, there's no unity amongst us. Come back to this verse. Allah says, O oh, Haji, you have tied the ihram. La rafath, control this tongue, no sexual innuendo. La fusuk, stay away from major sins. La jidal, do not fight, do not argue, do not become disunited. Fil hajj, in hajj. Question we have to ask ourselves. Is, is this prohibition restricted to Hajj? Tie this ihram only for Hajj? Very, very interestingly, from a grammatical point of view, this verse should have been فَمَنْ فَرَضَ فِيهِنَّ الْحَجَّ فَلَا يَرْفُثْ وَلَا يَفْسُقْ 
wala yujadil fil hajj that is how it should have been from technically from a grammatical point of view yet allah didn't say la yarfuth la yafsuq la yujadil allah said la rafath la fusuq la jidal the noun is mentioned mufassirin extract a very very important sabak and lesson what is that lesson that the mode of expression of quran is drawing our attention that this is not only the haji that is being addressed this is the haji and the non haji this is every reciter of kalima this is every muslim in hajj we've highlighted these three things but this ihram this ihram has to be tied till mort this ihram you cannot ever take it off till the day you meet allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this ihram can never come off three things allah mentions time of juma is limited so i'm going to emphasize on the first of these three things because we find that the first of these three things is contained in the second and in the third but this is the root this is what we call the mugs this is what we call the essence the stung the stung allah in the quran when allah speaks about the ability that allah has given this human being insan has been elevated from the rest of allah's creation one of the bases amongst the many bases among one of the great distinctions that was given to this insan was what we call the ability to speak and when allah mentions about the special favor that he gave you and i allah taala introduces this in what we call arusul quran the bride of the quran allah says ar rahman ar rahman the benevolent the kind the merciful the compassionate allah allah mentions this this surah of the quran begins uniquely no other surah begins like this ar rahman ar rahman and what does allah highlight right in the beginning ar rahman allama al quran khalaq al insan allamahu al bayan allah says it was a testimony of my very very great rahmat and mercy upon you that i gave you the ability to speak right now i am addressing you consider just for a few seconds from a biological aspect my thought processes you can't see my thought processes are not visible to you it's going on in my brain those thought processes take on the shape and form of electrical impulses they travel at a speed of 124 kilometers per hour to my tongue when the thought processes those electrical signals reach my tongue my tongue starts moving you can't see that movement also but through that movement sound waves are being produced you can't see those sound waves also those sound waves are carried on the shoulder of allah's wind how this wind comes into existence that also is an astonishing display or testimony of allah's qudrat and power the whole moving of the earth the moving of the sky the moving of the heavenly orbits brings about this wind of allah 
This wind carries these sound waves in each of your ears are 100,000 receptors for sound. At the back of the ear are three bones, hammer, stirrup and anvil. These three bones are a certain size, certain angle with each other. When a child is born in the ear of that child, these three bones are there. As the child grows, the head, hands, feet, lungs, liver, intestine, everything grows. These three bones don't grow. In a newborn child, 60-year-old man, same size, same angle. Why they need to be like that to carry out their function? What is their function? They amplify the sound waves as it strikes inside your ear. Behind this is what we call the inner ear or the cochlea, a pool of liquid. Inside that pool of liquid, there is the cochlea. Cochlea, it looks like a harp, a musical instrument. It has 6,000 strings. Each string vibrates to a different frequency of sound, enabling this human being to hear a variation of 6,000 different frequencies of sound. The sound waves get amplified, strikes the inner ear, the cochlea. These strings start vibrating. As a result of that, behind that, there are 18,000 nerve cells that amplify these vibrations, which then are transported at the speed of 124 kilometers per hour to your brain, and you are able to comprehend what I am speaking. Ar-Rahman, the benevolent, the kind, the merciful. Where in this entire exercise, this miracle that is happening, I am speaking to you, you are understanding me, you are able to speak to me, I am able to understand you. How many balances and counterbalances of the Qudrat and the power of Allah have created just this ability of this human being to speak? What price tag are you going to put on Allah's ni'mat? What price tag are you going to put on Allah's favor? This tongue, the utterance of the tongue, the ability to speak. This is on the one hand, on the one hand, such a great ni'mat and bounty of Allah. And on the other hand, this is a very, very detrimental trap for every one of us. Guard your tongue. The Haji stole La Rafat. When you tie that ihram, this is ihram till mort. This is ihram till death. Because this tongue, by the qasam of my Allah, on the one hand, it will give you the highest pinnacles of jannah. And on the other hand, this tongue can take you to the very depths of jahannam. There is no greater favor than this on the one hand, and there is no greater wabal and test on the other hand, I am not saying it lengthy hadith. Allah's Rasul addresses a sahabi. What is the caliber of the sahabi? Just to give us some background. So we put this hadith in its correct context. Nabi Wasallam is addressing Muaz bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Who is Muaz? Muaz is that sahabi who has a special distinction that in the galaxy of sahaba, he is the only sahabi where we find this direct inference in hadith. Ya Mu'az, inni uhibbuk. O Mu'az, I love you. O Mu'az, I love you. This is that sahabi, Rasulullah sallallahu told us, tomorrow on the day of judgment, the flag of the ulama of the ummah will be in the hands of Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala. He will be the imam of the ulama of the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Not an ordinary sahabi. Not an ordinary sahabi. He's, this is a 
glaring testimony of the intelligence, Imam of the ulama of the ummah, yet, coming back to the point we want to make, lengthy hadith, latter part of the hadith, Nabi Sallallahu enumerates the whole of deen, the whole of shariat to Mu'az, and then he says, Mu'az, should I not tell you bimilakil umur, what is the crux, what is the essence, what is the nature, what is the mugs, what is the marrow, the root, the foundation of my entire shariat and deen. Allahu Akbar. Mu'az is shocked. Anyone would be shocked. This is milakul umur. Nabi Sallallahu is condensing the whole of deen in one thing. Mu'az says, what is it, Ya Rasulullah? Like you would explain a little child. What does my Nabi do? Takes hold of his tongue. Takes hold of his tongue. Practically. In order to emphasize the importance of this. Make you realize how important this is. Rasulullah takes hold of his tongue. The essence, the foundation of my entire deen and shariat. Control the snake. Control this tongue. Control your speech. Control the utterance of the tongue. This is that. One hand means by which you will reach the highest stages of Jannah. Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. لَيَّسْتَقِيمْ إِيمَانُ عَبْدٍ حَتَّى يَسْتَقِيمَ قَلْبُهُ وَلَنْ تَسْتَقِيمَ قَلْبُهُ حَتَّى يَسْتَقِيمَ لِسَانُهُ Oh, كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم He said the Iman of a person will never be protected, will never reach its pinnacle, will never be corrected, will never be perfected until his heart is perfected. And then my Nabi said the heart can never be perfected unless the tongue is perfected. The utterance of the tongue. Mu'az, control this tongue. What is the reaction of Mu'az? Just the whole of deen? Whole of deen. So he said, Ya Rasulullah, will we be taken to task for the utterance of the tongue? When he reacts like this, Rasulullah says, Sakilat ka sakilat ka ummuka ya Mu'az. Mu'az, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Don't you realize? My respected brothers, before I mention the next part of the hadith from the heart, I am begging everyone, listen very, very carefully. Listen to the cry of Rasulullah sallallahu What is wrong with you, Mu'az? Hal yakubbun nas? Hal yakubbun nas? Ala manakhirihim fi nari jahannam illa khasaidu al-sinatihim. Mu'az, nothing, nothing, nothing will be more conducive in causing my ummah face down to be flung into Jahannam than the utterance of the tongue. Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Wa inna al-abda layatakallamu bil-kalima Wa inna al-abda layatakallamu bil-kalima Min ridwanillah ma yadhunnu an tablugha ma balag he said, sometimes a person will say something, something that pleases Allah. Two Muslims are fighting, instead of putting more fire there, he puts water, puts out the fire, creates unity. Brother and brother is fighting, creates unity. 
There's a temptation to hit back, controls his tongue, says something good when the occasion justifies something evil. My Nabi said, sometimes you will say something that pleases Allah. You won't even give it a second thought. It's just an utterance. You made somebody happy. What will happen? My Nabi says, Allah will become so happy by this one utterance that Allah will write down for you that I am happy with this person till the day you meet Allah. On the other hand, on the other hand, وَإِنَّ الْعَبْدَ لَيَتَكَلَّمُ بِالْكَلِمَ مِنْ سَخَطِ اللَّهِ مَا يَذُنُّ أَنْ تَبْلُغَ مَا بَلَّغَ Nabi Islam says sometimes you will say something that angers Allah. What these ahadiths refer to is when you cause tor, when you cause disunity, when you hurt the heart, when you hurt the feelings of someone. Like I very often mention, one of our kabirin, he says, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from what we call street language. He says, we were following a bus one day. And one bus was written on the back of the bus. Sometimes even nowadays in town also, you see fancy messages. Sometimes they are interesting. You learn something. It was written on the back of the bus, Dil Barai Farokht. Dil Barai Farokht. Heart for sale. Heart for sale. And underneath it, what is the price? What do you have to pay to buy someone's heart? Dil baraye farok, heart for sale. Kimat, what's the price? Underneath it was written, Zaban ke meaty bowl. Zaban ke meaty bowl, the sweet utterance of the tongue. Wallah, this is something that puts out fires. This is something that creates jor and muhabbat between husband and wife between father and children, in families, in homes, in businesses, in every environment, if we will learn to speak sweetly, if we will learn to control this tongue. Coming back to that hadith, Rasulullah said, someone will utter something that pleases Allah, unite the hearts, create jor, muhabbat, he won't even give it a second thought. What will happen? Yaktubullahu biha. Allah will become so happy that Allah will write down his pleasure for this person till the day he meets Allah. One hand, hadith of Nabi Islam, he said, the utterance of the tongue can take a man whose name is written on the door of Jannat. A man whose name is written on the door of Jannat. <coughs> the utterance of the tongue can take him, Allah's, Allah protect us, Nabi Islam said, it will cause him to be flung into Jahannam, the distance between the heavens and the earth. Ya Badar, Ya Badar, once Nabi Islam addressed Abu Zar, Oh Abu Zar, Ala ukhbiruka, Ala ukhbiruka, bi'amalain, Normally, especially our business community, we always look for shortcut. What is shortcut in business terminology? Minimum expenditure, maximum return. Minimum expenditure, maximum return. This is what they call intelligent business. Put down a little, get a lot back. Shariat also uses business principles because this appeals to us. So one day Nabi Islam says to Abu Zar, listen very carefully to this. Oh Abu Zar, should I not show you two actions? Two actions. Khafifin maunatuhuma. Very little effort required. 
خفیف ان معونتما ایکسپینڈیچر ایفٹ منمل عظیم نجرہما او ابوزار ریٹرن میکسمم ویری ویری گریٹ منمم ایفٹ میکسمم ریٹرن ہاو گریٹ ریٹرن اللہ اکبر لم تلق اللہ بمثلہما ابوزار there will be hajis that will meet Allah on the day of judgment there will be zakirin saimin qanitin there will be great great abids worshippers there will be people that devoted their entire life to the service of deed they will meet Allah with all their deeds Abu Zar these two actions that I'm going to tell you about require minimal effort great reward no one no one no one will meet Allah on the day of judgment with greater reward than these two actions everything else one side these two actions will stand out hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said ma min shayin athqal fi mizan al-abdil mu'mini yawm al-qiyama people fast people read awabin namaz people read tahajjud namaz people read exert themselves in different types of ibadat they are lot of these ibadat are not easy they require a lot of effort salatul tasbih how difficult it is it takes long you have to exert yourself wake up for tahajjud is not easy you have to exert yourself what the, all these good deeds that you do will be weighed on allah scales on the day of judgment my Nabi Salaam said everything one side nothing 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 will be heavier in the scale of deeds on the day of judgment than good akhlaq and character Husnul Khuluq Husnul Khuluq and ulama mentioned ulama mentioned Husnul Kalam ke baghair Husnul Khuluq na mumkin hai good akhlaq without controlling the tongue is impossible the route to akhlaq, to character, to muhabbat, to becoming a beautiful human being and beautiful Muslim who will get the highest ranks in akhirat is to control this tongue. Come back to the hadith of Abu Zar. Abu Zar, two actions I'm going to show you. Very little effort, maximum reward. No one will meet Allah on the day of judgment with greater reward. First thing Nabi Salaam mentioned, khusnul khuluq, good akhlaq. And what was the other thing? Allahu Akbar. May all our lives be sacrificed upon our master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How beautifully he put it. What was the other action? Remember in the context of that he said very little effort. Very little effort. Maximum reward. What is the action? He said as-samt. Literal translation. To be silent. To be silent. How much effort does it take to keep this mouth shut? You want to make ghibat? Keep this hadith in front of you. You want to hit out at somebody? Keep this hadith in front of you. Your wife made you upset? Keep this hadith in front of you. Your friend or business partner made you upset? Keep this hadith in front of you. Somebody parked incorrectly. Somebody did something that irritated you. What does my Nabi said? Abu Zar! Samt. Allah placed 32 locks in front of this tongue. And then there is still one main gate in front of that. Don't open. Don't let the snake out. Don't let the snake out. It is very easy to say, I want to take it back. It's very easy to say, I regret now. I shouldn't have said it. It's too late. The damage has already been caused. You heard the feeling of that wife of yours. That marriage is already broken. Why? Because you let go. You, you broke down your relation with your brother, with your family member. You finished doing it. You caused the harm. Now you say, sorry, Marv, let me take it back. No. 
Be silent from the start. La Rafat. Control this tongue. My Nabi said, no one will meet Allah with greater reward. I've run out of time. But we want to understand how dangerous this tongue is. I'm going to mention one incident very briefly. The effect of the poison. Ulama say cobra and the most venomous snake. There is a serum for that poison. This snake, the tongue, this hurt goes into the cover also. When it breaks the heart of a person, to bring that heart together is very, very difficult. They say it's easier, easier to stop a 747 jet when it is landing. It is easier to stop that than to stop this temptation of hitting out. But the highest Jannat is promised upon this. La Rafat. Muaz, the whole of deen is this. Control this tongue. Control this tongue. This is Husni Akhlaq. My Nabi was pelted in Mina. Pelted in Mina. Mercilessly, mercilessly tortured in Taif. Three miles they pelted him. They maimed him. They hurt him. They persecuted him. In Uhud, Utbah bin Abi Waqas took a rock and flung it at the face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa All these people that did this to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he made dua for them. Wallah forgive them. Wallah give them hidayat. The people of Taif when they came to Medina, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa gave them a special place in Masjid al-Nabawi. Set up a tent for them. Made intizam of their meals. Every day he would sit with them also. So much of love and muhabbat he showed them. In fact, one day he got late. He made mazirat. He said, please forgive me. I was busy with my section of Quran. This is why I got late. He apologized to them. Who the same people of Taif. Why? Because the hurt that they did was physical hurt. What was the effect of the hurt of the tongue? What incident? Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhumah. Abbas, his father. Fazal bin Abbas, Abdullah's brother. Umm Fazal, the mother. This family of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They are on their way from Medina Munawwara. They are on their way from Makkah Mukarram and making hijrah to Medina. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has already left Makkah. Already left Medina, going towards Makkah for the conquest of Makkah. On the way, he meets this group. They didn't know that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was marching towards Makkah. So they said, we have left, we made hijrat, we came to accept Islam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, you people are the last muhajirin, your hijrat is accepted. Now the door to hijrat is closed because we are marching upon Makkah. In the same kafla, there were two more people. Who were they? One was Abu Sufyan, not bin Harb. That's the famous Abu Sufyan. This is Abu Sufyan bin Harith. Harith was the son of Abdul Muttalib. In other words, the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu So his son, Nabi sallallahu cousin. Another person that was in this kafla was Abdullah bin Abi Umayya. Who was Abdullah bin Abi Umayya? The son of Atika. Atika was the daughter of Abdul Muttalib, the aunt of Rasulullah sallallahu So two first cousins. Are in this kafla. It is mentioned to Nabi Islam, they also have come to accept Islam. Nabi Islam said, I will not allow them to come to me also. I don't need the Islam, the Islam is not accepted. Why? He said, Abu Sufyan bin Harith used to recite poems in Makkah denigrating and insulting Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Abu Sufyan bin Haris didn't, didn't fling a single stone, didn't strike or hurt the body of Rasulullah, the utterance of the tongue. And Abdullah bin Abi Umayyah, once 
the delegation of Kuf, of Kufar of Quraysh of Makkah called Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Nabi sallallahu alaihi went with the expectation that maybe they're going to accept Islam. They put all sorts of ridiculous requests: make Makkah into a garden, do this, do that. Then only will accept. I'm not going into the details. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told them, "Listen, by what you're asking for, I cannot do, and I'm not going to do. If you want to accept Islam, accept Islam." I will wait for Allah's decision. You wait for Allah's decision. Saying this with a broken heart because he had hoped that they would accept. Nabi Salaam goes away. Abdullah bin Abi Umayya, his cousin, comes to him. He says, "Muhammad, your people made all sorts of reasonable requests to you. You didn't accept a single request. Now, if you take a ladder and you go up to the heavens to Allah, and Allah writes it down on a page." puts Allah's seal on it that you are his nabi and four malaika accompany you back to the earth as witnesses that Allah has declared that you are his nabi I will still never accept Nabi Islam referring to this says many years later he said he said this this is why I will not accept his islam imagine what a this was were no stone was flung no persecution Yet the hurt of the tongue, Umm Salma radiyallahu anha, one of the mother of the believers, our mothers, mothers of the ummah, Allah blessed her with great intelligence, vision. She begged Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. She interceded on behalf of these two people. Ya Rasulullah, they are your family. How can you turn them away? Please forgive them. They made a mistake. Finally, she placated Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then he allowed them to enter, and then he accepted the Islam. Behind this is a sabak from above. understand the hurt behind the utterance of the tongue ye muhlika hai this is something that will destroy it destroys homes it destroys families it destroys communities you want the highest stage in jannah my nabi said i muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam am zamin i am your guarantor i will give you a house in jannatul firdaus if you will learn mafhum of the hadith learn to control the utterance of this tongue because that is the root to husnul khuluq that is the root to good akhlaq and character la rafath wala fusuq wala jidala fil hajj this ihram haji non haji till mat this ihram has to be tied don't ever open up this ihram control the utterance of the tongue allah give us tawfeeq wa khairan